Balotelli. Aguero! Lewandowski goes through again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? We're back with the 50 plus one football podcast, your home for all things Premier League and Bundesliga. We have a bunch of topics for you today, but with me as always, the managerial swap to my Schalke, Billy. It's topical, that one. I like that one. So this week, we have a whole host of topics for you guys, including the Schalke shit show that rolls into town. We'll talk the top six in the Bundesliga. Moving to the Prem, Leicester again unlucky with injuries. Another top six snooze fest for United. And it's like Sunday league refereeing in the Premier League. Shall we start with Schalke? Yeah, might might as well get the biggest one out of the way then. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to know where to start because the weekend didn't even start with Schalke's crap performance against Stuttgart. It started with the fact that it, there was a freaking player revolt. Like, come on, who, who could have seen that one coming? Just all the new signings, Mustafi, Huntela, uh, Kolasinac, they lead this group of players who apparently went over the coach's head complain about him and come on that's the thing it was these three players who were brought in to save the club from absolute dismay you know Huntelaar had his contract cancelled at Ajax to join Schalke to try and drag them back out of this well nightmare that they're in and it's it just keeps getting worse it's like a car crash you know when you drive past one and it's like you shouldn't really look but you <laughs> genuinely can't help yourself and you just see the, the it starts with the front bumper is just you know discarded a few yards of ahead of the crash and then you just start seeing like the wreckage it just comes into place and you just see the car pile up that ensues that is shaker's season yeah and the news that broke today that is the the burnt out wreckage of the car yeah i mean it's the fourth manager Schalke have now gone through. I know we said on social media is the third manager firing, but it is officially their fourth manager because interim manager Hoop Stevens only was manager for one or two matches, and he wasn't technically fired. So we didn't we didn't screw up there on the on the socials. Just just making that clear. Anyways, um, fourth manager gone in a season. I'm genuinely curious now to see what the record is for the most managers a team in a top five league has had in one season. So well, I think we... Schalke must be close to breaking that. Well, I, I've, I went back and I've, I've got down the numbers here. So David Wagner sacked after two games. Yeah. Manuel Baum yeah. sacked in December. Uh, Hoob Stevens was interim for one game. And Christian Gross sacked after two months and one win. And In that was against games. Hoffenheim. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm not going to lie. The, the, there's a German saying, der Fisch stinkt immer vom Kopf. The fish always stinks from the head. And, you know, if the, if the players are going above the manager, I think that that is ridiculous because the first instinct should be 
if you've got a problem with the manager, you go to him directly to address it. You don't go over his head. Like it, it see it would seem to me that if you if you've got a problem with the manager and you would and you talk to him about it and then something and then nothing changes, then you go to management and you complain about it. That would make sense. But to just go to management directly when there is without talking to the coach first, I think that's ridiculous. And the ridiculousness even it keeps on increasing because it's not, you know, some 20 year old who just, you know, jumped the gun a little bit. These are seasoned players who have been in professional football for the better part of 15 years in the case of Klaasian Huntela. So there's no excuse why they should be doing that. That's just poor character. And, you know, if you get, if you basically are, you know, if the people who you look up to in this case, at Schalke is the management. If they keep showing you crap, you're going to be putting forward crap as well in that sense. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm getting at is just Schalke that shouldn't be a surprise for anyone at Schalke because their management has been in disarray for the better part of now three years. It's interesting though, because you say these are experienced players, but I, you couldn't make this up, right? So after they lost five on to Stuttgart, Skodran Mustafi, who is one of those experienced players, you probably know what this abbreviation is. ZDF? Oh, yeah. ZDF, Zweite Deutsches Fernsehen. It's basically the second biggest uh, or one of the biggest broadcasters in Germany. Okay, so he was interviewed by them after their game, after the Schalke game 5-1 loss to Stuttgart. And he said that everyone at Schalke, the players, the coach, the physios, and the bus driver need to do their job properly. ZDF then cut to the Schalke bus driver driving out of Stuttgart, not wearing his mask. Jesus Christ. So it's kind of like the whole club from top to bottom is an absolute shambles. Cut to oh. what happened today. And like you said, that German saying, was it the fish stinks from the head? Yeah. I mean, but they've now cut that off and thrown it away. Well, that's the problem. They haven't. Because the head, in that sense, is referring to management and the board of directors. And they've only asked one of, you know, the, the sporting director, Jochen Schneider. And I mean, the best part is he was already, he's not been at Schalke for that long. He was brought in last season when Christian Heidel, uh, Heidel left. <laughs> it's like, there is, I think, and it ha- it also has something to do with, uh, with Clemens Tönnies, um, who was the long, for the longest time, uh, the Schalke boss. And I think he just should have left that club ages ago. I mean, he, he didn't exactly put Shaq in the best light when he made, you know, those those racist comments at a at a fan gathering about one and a half years ago as well. What it wasn't even one and a half years ago. I'm pretty sure we we even discussed this on in season one of of, of this podcast. Yeah, we did. So <laughs> the the whole club just the, the whole club just needs the complete management just needs to go. Because otherwise, that club will never make it back into the Bundesliga again. Because we know for sure they're going down. Like, there's not a chance, there's not a snowball's chance in hell that Schalke is staying up this season. None. So, if you missed it today, they they got rid of manager Christian Gross, head of sport Joachim Schneider, team coordinator Sasha Rita, who I actually used to enjoy watching play football. Yeah. And head of fit, head of fitness. 
uh, Werner Luthard. But you said the board, and I want to I want to touch on this quickly because this seems to be some sort of theme with German teams. Do you think there's a Do you think there's a a case for blaming the board for sticking around too long? Oh, 100 percent. If at some point you need to realize that you, you know there's there's a reason that saying the fish stinks from the head is around. And there's a reason it's being thrown around so often when it comes to the to the case of Schalke, really. And yeah, the, that board of directors should have just up and resigned. To be honest, I mean, at the way they the way Schalke have been managed in the last three seasons, I mean, you see the decline. The like everyone was all about Schalke and were like, "Wow, they finished second um, about three seasons ago." And that when they finished second three seasons ago, it was the majority of that of, of that finish was down to the fact that the rest of the teams just bottled it and they had no competition and Bayern ran away with the league anyway. So it was just like, eh, you know, Bayern runs away with the league. The most interesting thing is top four. And if Schalke makes second, that's pretty unreal. But the Schalke team that made second that season under Domenico Tedesco, it was crap. Uh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was unbelievable that they got a second place finish. I, I'm, I'm dead serious. It's, I don't know. It's ridiculous. And have they appointed another manager? No, they, but they, they, what they've said now is they, were, they would look internally to fill the positions they've, they've just vacated, which to me just makes, I mean, on the one hand, I could see why you would do it, because obviously you've gotten outside help in so often and it's not worked. But on the other hand, on the other hand, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, if you're being honest, the whole club's in such disarray. You really think that there's actually going to be so, like solid help that you can get from inside your own club at this point. I don't see it. I was going to say my pick for the Schalke boss before you said that would have been Felix Magat, but oh, he would he would have shaken up that club as well. After he was so bad different. at Fulham. Yeah, do you know what though? He was he was like people forget that he was a decent Bayern manager. I mean, he won the double twice in a row. Yeah, but I could have won the double twice in a row with with Bayern. Yeah, okay, but you have you, given this was Bayern 2006 to 2008 when Bayern was definitely not in Europe's complete elite. Like they they had fallen off a little bit after the 90s and the 80s. True. So, like, to early 2000s, Bayern was nowhere near the, the status that they were now. So, it wasn't exactly, you know, Bundesliga, oh, okay, it's Bayern's league. It was Bayern are favorites to win that league, but it's still going to be tight. Well, shall we leave Schalke in the cesspool that they're in? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk the curse of Bayern, because it's happened a couple of times. Teams have beaten Bayern. And then lost the next game. Yeah, it's struck again. I it it goes it kind of falls in line with that one thing that we talked about a few episodes back, where we were saying you know the the consistency and just the mentality to win in the Bundesliga is just not good enough with Bayern's rivals, and that's why Bayern will always be winning the Bundesliga title. And it kind of falls in line with that because everyone thinks that the minute they've beaten Bayern, they're now on, they're, they're basically invincible. I mean, that's at least what it seems like because every time some team that is, you know, a clear underdog when they play Bayern and then they win, 
they go on to just get get absolutely battered the next few matches by teams they should arguably beating. And I mean, Frankfurt, if you looked at their form, especially at watching them play against Bayern, they should have been all over that Bremen team because Bremen are nothing special. I say Bremen are 12th yeah. and Frankfurt are fourth. And then, you know, nine minutes in, Andre Silva scores and it's just, okay, here we go again. And they dominated that first half. I, I don't get it. It's just a case of not taking chances though, isn't it? Yeah, duh. I mean, you can't, it's, you can't tell me that when you've got an attacking lineup of Kostic, Jovic, Andre Siva, Kamara, Yunus, like, that, that has to be producing. Those are all players with decent quality. I mean, quality definitely for European places, at least Europa League. Definitely. I think to have four shots on target out of a total of 12, for a team with, like you say, Andre Silva, Philip Kostic, Luka Jovic is crap, to be honest. Yeah. And football's funny, really, because there's no way Werder Bremen should have won that, but they took their chances. Yeah, that's the thing you have to accept is that Bremen were the better team on that night. I mean, even Adi Hütter, uh, Frankfurt's manager, said so. He was like, yeah, they definitely were. But I want to touch on just briefly... The fact that there were some serious handbags in that match because at some point, Makoto Hazeba said, you know, the, the Bremen players were just chatting so much shit that he, like, they, they went, it went into a proper scuffle on the pitch. And then Adi Huta in the Kia, the Sky Kia um, football talk, uh, talk show on Sundays also went on air and said, you know, some of the things that, that were coming from the Bremen bench as well as staff that were also in the stands watching the match were unacceptable. And he, it wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, with a racist undertone or anything, but it was just, just shouting abuse, you know, just in general from the stands and shout like heckles and stuff where he said that if that had happened in Frankfurt's own stadium and had come from Frankfurt staff, he would have made sure that, those people didn't have a job at Eintracht Frankfurt by the end of the weekend. See, uh, see, that doesn't sit well with me because in my opinion, that's that's clutching at straws trying to find an excuse for why they didn't win because you've got a stadium full of fans. That's happening anyway. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't know exactly what was said, but it also, like... it. It also very much uh, what you just said echoes the tone of social media because social media, all the comments on that clip were basically like, yeah, okay, well, he's just pissed off. He's lost the game that he shouldn't have. Yeah, literally. It's the same thing when you've got, well, we spoke about it. When Jurgen Klopp, when Liverpool lost to Burnley or when they lost to Brighton (laughs) and they go, oh, well, is the title race definitely over? And Jurgen Klopp gets really like shitty and is like, what are you saying? The the title race is over. Like worst German accent going. Just a bit. <laughs> but it's just it's that thing. It's the same thing Mourinho does as well. Where he recently criticized Gareth Bell's Instagram post after a training session because they'd lost the game previously. It deflects off the result. People don't talk about the fact Tottenham have just lost. 
Oh yeah, that was definitely the thing as well. Is no one was talking about Frankfurt losing anymore and about the fact that it's like basically the Bayern curse. So yeah, now it becomes a story of oh, well, what did the uh, what did the Bremen coaching staff say? Yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. Yeah, it's it's kind of a thing. Is it is it actually like a tactic by the by the managers to actually deflect off of you know the actual problem, or is it them just really just being petty and pissy? It's probably a combination of the two. Let's be honest. I think you've got to be oh, a with, little bit petty to be a manager. I was about to say, Mourinho definitely is not just a little bit petty. He's a lot bit petty. Makes up 90% of his of his being. Oh, yeah. 100%. But should we move on to the top match, which didn't disappoint in comparison to the Premier League? Because Leipzig-Gladbach, I think anyone would have said before the match, oh, yeah, Leipzig will do them 2-3-0 especially with the way Gladbach have been playing. And also they had the midweek Champions League match. They got dominated by City. Um, it didn't really seem like anything special was going to happen. And then Gladbach go up 2-0 in the span of 20 minutes, which I I was so, so shocked. I'll be honest. That's when I stopped checking the updates. And I was just like, yeah, okay. that's. I was out walking and was checking it. Okay, top game. I probably should be keeping up to tabs with this. So when it was two 0 I was like, okay, I don't need to check that anymore. Leipzig have completely capitulated. Title race How... over for another year. <laughs> <laughs> How? I mean, that, that's a, that's an interesting bit is because if Leipzig had lost that match, it would have probably it would have given Bayern a five point lead back in the in the title race. So, and this is why this is why I also thought you know the question should be asked on socials is. Obviously, Leipzig have shown they have the mentality, you know, to to win the tough matches and also perform when they are under pressure. And I mean, arguably, how are you more under pressure than being two nil down at halftime and the title race is on the line? You know, for them to come back and it was like the 90th minute as well when Serlot um, scored the winner. Foul. Okay, so this is the big debate. Serlot, he nudges. Lazaro a little bit. And it's not giving us a foul. Nudge. It's more like a rugby he nudges. It was not. He literally okay, I'm sorry. He put his hands on his back a little bit, but the the push, I swear, Sarlat pushes himself and makes himself move more than he makes Lazaro move. The only reason that Gladbach are getting pissed off about that is because the goal was scored. So they were looking at any single possibility of getting that goal in old no other question if that counts as a foul i'm sorry but then we're gonna we might as well be in ballet well because then you're not allowed to touch the guy well all i'm gonna say is i've seen harry Maguire have a goal ruled out for exactly that well that but that's what i'm saying it shouldn't it shouldn't have been ruled out and i'll give it i'll give that to you that that if if that that was the case then that goal shouldn't have been ruled out but that's what i'm saying you know a little bit of contact has to be allowed Hmm. Maybe it's just because of it was Alexander Soloff and he was so god awful useless for Crystal Palace. It's quite unbelievable that he would actually score a goal. Much, much less a winning goal in a three-two match in a title, title race. race as well. Like, oh god, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo for Palace. <laughs> and now he's scoring winning last-minute winners in a title race in one of Europe's top five leagues. It wasn't a bad goal either. I mean, he headed it down into the ground so it would be unsavable for um, Jan Zoma. And it, it was probably, a tight angle. Probably didn't mean that. I'm, 
yeah, okay, we can debate about that. But at the end of the day, the goal stands. It was a good goal. <laughs> I'll let you have that. Well done, Alexander Soloff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that basically leaves the title race open because, you know, Bayern, you said it yourself. Bayern, if if you say that Bayern are now going to uh, lose to Köln, it'll be a 9-0 route. And I mean, 5-1 win and Bayern dominated for 90 minutes, I think. Does it justice? Wasn't far wrong. But yeah. the interesting thing is, looking at Bayern and... Uh, Bayern and Leverkusen's remaining fixtures, the title could genuinely come down to the 3rd of April. You which mean is Bayern and Leipzig and Leipzig's fixtures. Leipzig and Bayern play each other. Ooh. Do you know what? We might have a little final in the in the in the Bundesliga. I mean, who who doesn't want to see that? I personally would quite like Leipzig to win the league, just for a bit of change. Nothing personal against Bayern or nothing personal against you. I mean, it's fair, but I think the day that Leipzig, with their Red Bull backing. And the whole the of Germany would the lose whole... its collective shit. Oh, it definitely would. All of football in Germany would definitely completely... Oh, there would be riots in the streets. And there I'm all riots. for it. <laughs> Jesus. Just, just quickly before we touch on Jaden Sancho. If Leipzig did win the league, do you think more teams would adopt the loophole that Leipzig have of getting around the 50 plus one rule. That's the thing. I'm not quite sure because I think at that point it would be teams or fans would literally have like an internal dilemma because on the one hand, they want the, they want to see their team do well. And obviously Leipzig have shown that that business model definitely allows for that to happen. And also in a relatively short span of time. But on the other hand, that hate for the commercialization of football is just so strong that I think a lot of fans, you would literally see fans imploding because they didn't know what they would want more. Like the, the keeping of the tradition of German football in the 50 plus one rule or to see their teams do better than they normally do. I mean, you could argue also that, you know, with Leverkusen, Leverkusen have had Bayer's backing for ages and um, Hoffenheim also have um, SAP's backing. So they're also similar business models and both clubs also have had respective fan riots against them in the past. None, of course, that's bad as Leipzig because Leipzig, the, the animosity towards Leipzig also is based on the fact that they went from being a sixth tier club in 2009 all the way to first, first league about seven years later. And so it's also like the time frame that does it for a lot of people. Like they say, there's no history there and they've just basically bought their way to success. I think Germany's problem is you're all too proud for your own good. Uh, it very much might be the case. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas over here, you know, Newcastle fans are <laughs> gagging for some Saudi takeover. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I just wanted to touch though on because the so many people are saying title race, title race. I think one big thing has to be said for the fact that as much as Bayern dominated against Köln, their defense was open. I mean, the amount of shots Köln had on target and the amount of chances Köln had. I mean, it was like Köln just weren't precise enough when it came to the final third. That's why they only scored one goal and 
they ultimately, you know, ate it in in Munich. But you know, if if we're being honest, it's pretty hefty. That's the thing, though. I think if Bayern had anyone else other than Lazio in that Champions League last sixteen, you probably struggle. Or it would have been a tighter game, definitely. No, I'm I'm fully in agreement with you because like Lazio and Köln are by no means the benchmark that Bayern are going to be going for. This is true. Before we move to the Prem, let's touch on something positive for a change. <laughs> been so negative today. <laughs> Nothing good. Even Bayern's five-win route, we managed to get you know the negative aspect out of that. So yeah. Youngest player to reach 50 assists in the Bundesliga. Your boy, Jaden Sancho. My man, Jaden Sancho. Goal and an assist in that 3-0 win over Bielefeld. I mean, yeah, of course, it's a 3-0 win over Bielefeld, but still. They drew 3-0 with Bayern. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't <clears throat> help it. I know. But yeah, it yeah, it's, the guy is still insane. I mean, as much as he had difficulties getting off the ground in this season, he's still a phenomenal player. And I think any Premier League club, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, who would go in for them is definitely getting a talented, talented winger. I'll yeah, stop okay, you can stop doing the dance. I'll, I'll <laughs> stop doing the dance. Yeah, in my opinion, it's a uh, it's a lovely way to leave Dortmund. There's the youngest player through. I mean, that is insane. 99 matches, 36 goals and 50 assists for a player that wasn't good enough for Man City's first team. Uh, I mean, we've, we've said it so much about Serge Gnabry not being uh, good enough for West Brom and now he's probably one of the most lethal wingers in the world. And then Jaden Sancho, not good enough for City, but now he's got 86 goal contributions in 99 games. That's that is stupid. Those are stupid stats to have as a, is he 21 or still 20? 20. As a 20 year old in the Bundesliga in one of Europe's top five leagues, that is just, those are stupid stats. But should yes, we move on to the Prem? <laughs> yes, he's 20. I just had to make doubly sure. Otherwise my brain was going to hurt. Oh yeah. But should we move on to the Prem? Where if we have to, I was about to say there's not sadly this week there wasn't a lot of there weren't a lot of good games to comment on to be honest, um and the one we looked forward to most in Chelsea versus Manchester United it was uh for lack of a better word another snooze fest in the top six that makes the fifth nil nil that United have had against a top six team, and you said it a couple of episodes ago as well. United cannot lose or not get any results that often against the top six teams in the Prem because otherwise you're not going to win a title. No. And I think about the way that we played against them last season. We're so much more progressive. The way that United played against... I mean, City beat them three times last season. Beat Spurs exactly. last season, beat Chelsea home and away last season. Drew with Liverpool. Marcus Rocker at the back post, letting Lalana <laughs> go free. <laughs> Great one. Trauma. Trauma. PTSD. 
you know, and you look at the way that they've played against them this season. It's so passive. Yeah, so it's a 6-1 loss to Tottenham and then 5 nil nils. And, and a 1-0 loss to Arsenal to... Old Trafford. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's not that's not the resume of any team who is who can be Premier League champions. I mean, if you if the only way they would have made it, that United would win the league with those results against top six teams is if the rest of the season or if the rest of the teams had a crazy a season as many other teams in the top five leagues are having at this stage. But as you said on the last European edition. <laughs> The Premier League have become the farmers, and I'm never letting you live that one down. Oh, but I'm not wrong though. And <laughs> why game... are you booing? You know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And don't at me and don't email me because I will just not respond. But so I don't know what it is. I I do know what it is, and I've said it six or seven times this season. Every time they play a team in the top six. I think it's a mental thing. Christ knows how that's gone from last season to this season. I don't know. I mean, it it was very telling when you looked at the, the, the possession stats in the first or at the beginning of the first half. Sorry, second half. Um, after 10 minutes, it was 81% possession to Chelsea. Yeah, but, but possession doesn't win you a game. Like, I, I know, but that's... That, that's but that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is that United last season would never have had only nineteen percent possession at the beginning of a second half at Old Trafford, even if it was at Old Trafford. I mean, uh, even was if it was a Stamford Bridge. Sorry, uh, it, there's no way you only have nineteen percent possession. You're Manchester United for crying out loud. You've got good players in your ranks. You don't just go there and say, oh, you know what, 19% possession. I'll do with that and do go on the counter. No. I'll tell you one thing I, I have noticed, though, because I have watched a fair few of Thomas Tuchel's games at Chelsea. They are such a boring team to watch. Oh, my God. Even when they win, they're boring. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, they don't take opportunities. You just They have possession the whole time, but they don't take the opportunities. Antonio Rudiger run up into the United box in the first half. I think it was the most exciting thing that happened all 90 minutes. It's funny you mention him because he's probably had his best game in a Chelsea shirt from memory. He should have I... been booked about three times for fouling Dan James, but we'll move on from that. He was rock solid, though. He was rock solid today. But I want to talk about the penalty incident, which wasn't given as a penalty, but should have been given as a penalty. <laughs> In my humble and honest opinion. An unbiased opinion, right? Um, obviously, unbiased. <laughs> we are industry yeah. professionals. Bias doesn't come into it. Not a chance there was any bias. No, I, I, and when I, I was checking, I was checking Twitter at the, at the same time for validation in my opinion. And not one person on Twitter disagreed with me. So... Yeah, okay, because Twitter is the uh, the encyclopedia of football. You know, Twitter users are always unbiased. They're always right, and they never chat shit. I'm talking like proper people like Gary Lineker, not MUFC kid 1999. <laughs> anyway, Callum Hudson-Odoi hits the ball. He doesn't hit the ball. It hits his hand, right? Yeah. You've seen the picture. 
Well, I was about to say, we. I, I use the picture on socials, so. <laughs> that is a penalty. The game went on yeah. as it does. VAR said, oh, no. Stuart Atwell, we think you should go and have a look at that. And then this is where I take issue with it. So you've got Callum Hudson-Odoi, Azpilicueta, Rudiger, and somebody else. I think it's Matteo Kovacic. Stood, and Harry Maguire's there as well. Stood around the referee when he's doing the VAR check on the screen. Like shouting things and talking to him. That should and be in, illegal. The letter of the law, that is not allowed. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't given... How I don't know. He's probably looking at something else at the other side of the pitch or something. But this is what I want your I want your first reaction of this. Why I didn't tell you beforehand. So Luke Shaw in his post-match interview. The ref said to H, Harry Maguire, I heard him say, if I say it's a penalty, it's going to cause a lot a lot to talk about after. So I don't know what happened there. So what Luke Shaw is saying is the referee told Harry Maguire, if I give that as a penalty, there will be a lot of like controversy and backlash. Now, United have since released the statement that said, oh no, Luke Shaw misheard what Stuart Atwell said to Harry Maguire. Well, he just hasn't though, has he? He just hasn't. And it's utter, utter trash refereeing. The only reason United released that statement is because they don't want Luke Shaw to get a fine of like 100k. Literally, on the subject of crap refereeing, because oh, yeah. there's nothing else to talk about in that game. Yeah. Title race is over, has been for weeks. We move on. 12-point lead to City, yeah. Regrettably, and with a tear in my eye, let's talk about something else. <laughs> West Brom Brighton. Oh, it's just, just the stories I already saw on Twitter of that match. <laughs> it, the standard of refereeing is just so bad. It's so bad. Like the back and forth for that, uh, for that decision. It was, it was ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. So for those that live under a rock, in a cave, or don't like West Brom or Brighton, which is fair enough. So Alexis McAllister is fouled on the edge of the Albion box. West Bromwich Albion, not Brighton and Hove. Lewis Dunk is lining up the free kick. Sam Johnson, the West Brom goalkeeper, is lining up his wall. So he's hugging the post, lining his wall. You're a goalkeeper. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Right? Lee Mason blows his whistle. Sam Johnson is still lining up his wall. Lee Mason blows his whistle. Lewis Dunk takes the free kick. It goes in. Lee Mason then blows his whistle again and says, no, I blew it twice. He then gives the goal. There's like a massive kerfuffle and furore and all that stuff. VAR say, no, that's not a goal. (laughs) He then goes to the monitor after he's been told, no, that's not a goal. Checks it and gives Brighton the free kick again. It's like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> mate <laughs> I watch Sunday League with the village team and I would rather have Monty Whale referee in a Premier League this is a, a Sunday League referee who famously runs around just the centre circle 
I would rather have him than Lee Mason. And surprise, surprise, Lee Mason was supposed to be the referee for Sheffield United v Liverpool this evening, which replaced because he was, in inverted commas, injured. I, I'm, I'm sorry. There's just... Uh... Also... Am I correct in saying that Lee Mason, this isn't the first controversial thing we've talked about on this show or on this podcast. He's useless. I put a tweet out at the time calling him a clown. And I was looking back at it and I'll show you the gif now because genuinely, I think Lee Mason looks a little bit like the clown in the gif that I've used. (laughs) Would you agree with that? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. An absolute nah, it, goon. That it just makes no sense at all, does it? I mean, you've said it time and time again. The best league in the world has the worst officiating in the world. And we we were also talking about this as well. That there's now this rule coming in that the bonuses of Premier League referees are now dependent on if they make controversial slash crap decisions. Well, and Lee, Lee Mason won't be getting paid. I was, yeah, the way he's going, hundred percent. I mean, it's crazy to think that they that you know the, their bonuses could get capped or it could get cut as much as fifty k. That means they're getting these ref, Premier League referees are getting bonuses of more than fifty k every it's a, season. It's a six figure job for the Premier League. That's decent, and you still have crap referees like Lee Mason walking around. Come on, man. I think the thing is, they're so overly protected. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that statement that, that United put out about Luke Shaw, you know, it just shows it. You can't, you can't touch a referee in an interview. Like, absolutely not. Well, Lewis Dunk, who took that free kick for Brighton in his post-match, he was like, well, he's blown his whistle, which as a player, you're told that means go. But yeah, Lewis Dunk I mean, is like, we've got to stand here and talk about it afterwards. Why not get Lee Mason to come out? They do the same thing with in, in uh, Sky Germany. Get the referee on after a controversial match. They can get him. They get him on. Do it. And they interview them, him. Make them accountable. Uh, so, so this this goes down as episode number 55 of the 50 plus one football podcast where VAR and refereeing is the main problem. It's quite interesting though, because I want your take on this and we'll put a poll out on the day of release as well. Yeah. Because my brother's got an interesting take on this. He reckons that most referees, as long as it's all about them, so he said about Stuart Atwell today when he was making that penalty decision at Stanford Bridge. So oh, mm. as long as the camera's on him, he's fine. It's like, I bet his wife's at home timing the seconds that he's on the screen. As long as it's all about them. I would love to have any level of referee on this podcast because I want to know what goes through their head. Actually, though. I want to know what goes through their mind when they go, <laughs> well, I can quite clearly see that goalkeeper's lining up his wall. So I know what I'll do. I'll blow my whistle so Lewis Dunk can take his free kick. I mean, it's already going along the lines of, you know, everyone else on this, everyone else who watches football right now could see that that is a problem. 
accept the person who is in the in charge of making the decision. The same deal with the with that with the whole thing, you know, the Yogi Löw and not nominating Thomas Müller. Everyone can see that that is a problem, and everyone can see that that is the wrong decision. Let it Yet go, the man. Only, I'm not going to let it go. But coming back to the referee, everyone can see that as long as the as long as the goalkeeper is still lining up his wall, a referee does not blow the whistle. I don't know. I've run out of that. I've run out of things to say now without being, you know, horrible. And you know that, you know, the saying, those who can't do teach. (laughs) Yeah. Genuinely, it must be a case of those who can't play football referee and they just want that their 10 seconds in the, in the limelight. It has to be. There's no other way to put it really. What was it like to be one of the most hated men in the country? Just Ashley Mason. But should we move on one to one last topic? Um, it is also a bit depressing just because it's, you know, it's injuries again. <laughs> but Leicester also take a, took a blow in losing 3-1 to Arsenal um, in terms of their top four hopes because arguably Arsenal's team right now should not be winning 3-1 against Leicester's current team. No, being honest, it shouldn't be happening. And especially when Leicester are, are they're a point behind United. I mean, obviously they could have, they they could have overtaken United and actually made, jumped up to second place if they managed to beat Arsenal. But you know, if they wanted to cement top four, that would have been the time to do it. But now you know it, it's only four points behind, um, four points between them and West Ham, five points between them and Chelsea on fifth. I still think Leicester have got enough. I think the injury to Harvey Barnes is gut-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Because that's... Well, Brendan Rodgers came out and said he needs surgery. It'll be six to seven weeks. And it's like... That's that a season done for him. potentially be his Euro hopes over. Yeah, exactly. Not Let alone... Just scrap the season, though. So the season's already done, but Euros... Which is a massive blow. I really like watching Harvey Barnes. I don't think I found anyone that dislikes Harvey Barnes. Yeah, yeah. But Which not, is not quite only rare him. in the Premier League. <laughs> but not only him, Johnny Evans as well. Yeah, see, that's that's a weird one. Because if you said to someone, oh, Johnny Evans is injured. I was like, well, is he still playing? But he's <laughs> consistently one of Leicester's better centre-halves. Like him and Kagla Sanchu. Or when Sanchu was injured, him and Wesley Fofana. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes Louis Van Gaal ever made was selling Johnny Evans to West Brom. That's a big shout, you know. That's a big shout. But yeah, there you go. I mean, injuries don't just ravage Liverpool as uh, Jurgen Klopp tries to make it out. So let's see how Leicester will now do it. I mean, if they they did they did compensate Chalar Sayunchu, so. If they can compensate him, then I think they'll be able to compensate Johnny Evans as well. Yeah, but it's having to compensate Johnny Evans, Harvey Barnes, James Madison. He's injured. True. And I know, I know it's something, and a couple of people pick, picked up on this as well, is Jamie Vardy was outrun by Pablo Mari, which <laughs> oh, should no. never happen. And that's probably oh, the no. side effect of his hernia operation. Yeah, I mean, must do. Because people were like, oh my God, he's back in like three weeks. 
I, it should never happen. Jamie Vardy should never be, be being outpaced by Pablo Mari, but age, yeah, injuries. It's got to come to an end at some point. And I think on that note, we'll end it for this week. Unless it's a roller coaster of emotions this week. It really has been. I mean, the Premier League had, you know, a, a solid, solid display of refereeing. <laughs> Bundesliga st- always, always produced with the title race. You know, I'll stick a black shirt and grab my whistle and I'll go next week. Probably do a better job, to be honest. Genuinely think I could. Jesus Christ. Well, don't forget to like, subscribe, share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are always posting daily content. And also make sure to go over and check out our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our RSS feed. We're ever so grateful. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.